0: Right, before we get started, a quick warning that this podcast will include spoilers for Black Mirror Bandersnatch. And I never thought I'd actually get to say this, but spoilers for multiple timelines as well. Uh, Also, we're going to be discussing things from the first four seasons, so please make sure that you've finished watching Bandersnatch at least, and at least you're well-versed with some of the episodes. Hello and welcome back to Black Mirror Cracked. The Bandersnatch episode has been released and it's time to dive back into the world of Black Mirror. Uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, uh, uh. Excuse me. You don't just come in here and take over a podcast without demonstrating your knowledge. You are James Ide, You wish to be the new anchor for Black Mirror Cracked?
0: Yes, uh, I'm James Ide, I will be your host, uh, guiding you through. And that lovely, beautiful voice there is my producer, Daniel Jackson. He will be helping me. And. Do you reckon your knowledge is up to my quick quiz?
1: Oh, I didn't know you were going to do this. Well, we can cut it if you're bad at
0: it. Yeah. Um,
1: okay, let's give it a crack. Okay, then. Quick fire round. Uh, question one. In National Anthem, what is the name of the princess?
0: Is it Sue? Susan? It's close. Susanna. That's Susanna. Pretty, really close. Oh, yes, of course. Well, of course, it's uh, a posh Question version. number
1: two. Who directed Archangel jodie foster correct uh question three name the two leads of the entire history of you
0: liam something and jodie whittaker
1: close jodie whittaker and tony Kebble. Oh, question four liam must be his character name question four the black museum is owned and operated by whom
0: oh christ i, I don't remember
1: rollo haynes uh question five in men against fire what is the name of the neural implant
0: uh, the Mass yes. System. Uh, question number seven. Do I get extra points if I can tell you what the Mass stands for? Go for it. I can't. I'm oh, <laughs> Just you being me facetious. Uh,
1: question number seven David Slade directed Bandersnatch and which other Black Mirror episode? Myrtle Heard. Correct. Uh, question eight Charlie Brooker based Waldo on which 90s animated children's TV character? Scratching Co. No. No, it was the animated Rat the Cat.
0: Oh, animated don't head know from is?
1: Live and Kicking. If you get a chance, there is some existing footage of uh, John Barrowman oh trying, to, trying to be really interested talking to this animated floating cat's head, which is the stuff of nightmares. Oh,
0: wow. I used to watch Live and Kicking, and I do not remember that well. Well, there you go. All
1: right, you, yeah, you passed my test.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very barely. Oh, God. Oh, what a great start to get off to. I do watch Black Mirror, honestly Anyway, on with the show It can be helpful to revisit things Even if you feel you've done this before You might discover something new No What good does it do? Going over things again and again Think carefully. You really might learn something new. So I'll ask again. Would you like to talk about what happened with your mother? You might learn something about yourself you don't know. I said no, and I meant it. Hello, I'm James Ide and I will be your new host. Uh, each week we're going to be doing a deep dive into episodes and discussing and analysing them with my guest. This week my guest is producer Daniel Jackson. Hello, first time in front of the microphone. This is weird. It is weird, isn't it? You have to watch what you say and be nice. And You yeah. pick, you pick a, lot, a lot up in the edit suite, so it's fine. Right, we're back. The new Black Mirror has finally dropped on Netflix and wherever Charlie Brooker's dystopian anthology goes, so do we. Bandersnatch has been released today on Netflix and what can only be the worst kept secret in the world. Coming up, we're going to be dissecting the episode, stroke slash movie, and figuring out why it's an episode. One of the things we'll be chatting about is if Netflix's lack of promotion might be a new clever way of talking through the Bandersnatch itself. We'll be picking out our favourite moments and finding out what a bandersnatch is. And we'll be taking a walk down an amnesia avenue for what a UK high street used to be. And how faithfully Black Mirror saved the high street. That's quite funny because of our Save the High Street campaign. And we're
1: calling on the day that
0: HMV is probably going to collapse again. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I didn't know so weird fun fact, I didn't know uh WH Smith used to do like all that stuff. Like when he walks in, I recognize the signage, um, but I didn't recognise things like they were selling C D well, not CDs, vinyls and tapes and yeah, it's, other stuff. It, it's where I used to get games. games.
1: It's where I used to go to get my ZX Spectrum games. I go down and like buy the Dizzy box set and you're, you're looking shocked right now. Sorry, there, I right?
0: just remembered. I just had a flashback. As I was saying, I don't remember g- buying games from there. I used to live in a small uh, village in Wales and we had a WH Smith and I used to buy games from there. It was the only place around. Weird. Anyway, sorry. Well,
1: this is what I mean. It's so faithfully recreated that you're actually now remembering it's exactly what you used to do when you were a child. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm old enough to remember that that garish... Uh, orange logo that had like <laughs> yeah that
0: really horrid
1: my, my local WXM's were lovely because every time, every time like a new video or a new game came out little um, Janet, I think she's called behind the counter would pre-save it for me I never reserved anything I just went down and she went oh I've saved you one
0: Saved you it was sweet back in those days. I remember when shops used to do that. I used to get that with magazines and stuff like. Oh no, we've put that behind. Yeah, you. just you didn't have to have an account or. Well, uh, some of the some of the other set shots that they did.
1: Um, I mean, depending on the user journeys that you've taken um, so far, um, they had other shop fronts that were recreated. So they had um, Chelsea fo- Girl. There was a photo of Woolworths and yep. also an- another blast from the past, our Price
0: ah <laughs> yeah okay
1: remember our price we used to stand around and put your little tape in the machine yeah. and you'd have a collective listen, to decide whether you wanted to buy it or not <laughs> sorry we're already going off off structure anyway so where are we going to start
0: so the first thing we're going to talk about or the thing that's going to kick us off will be why did netflix launch bandersnatch this way It's either a lack of budget because everything
1: they had went up onto the screen, or, well, before Band Snatch was revealed, I actually thought it was solving a problem that they created for themselves earlier on in the year. So USS Callister won um, several Emmys, Mm -hmm. and one of them was for TV movie. And then there's kind of like this, they're calling it the Black Mirror effect, where things that aren't effectively movies are now qualifying to be entered into that category in the Emmys. So I was thinking maybe Black Mirror just went we're not calling this an episode, we'll call it a movie because they have plans of entering it and they just don't want the hassle. Mm. Um, But since since it's been released, I think there's probably more of a technical reason is that it doesn't sit in the the, the Netflix hierarchy in the same way that their non-interactive content does. Um, So I think they've had to separate it out more as just operational reasons. Um, As to why they've been so secretive, I don't know. I mean, in the run-up to... Uh, the release date. So, for context, we're recording this on Friday, the twenty eighth of December, twenty eighteen. It's uh, about six in the evening. We don't normally date podcasts because you don't want them to date. You want them to be kind of like evergreen. Um, but it's been a phenomenal day. I mean, Bandersnatch has been trending worldwide now yeah. for at least twelve hours as we're recording. America's waking up and they're going to be. Oh, um, their minds are going to be blown. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to keep keep that going. I don't think they needed to put any money behind it. Some of the key stuff that that we knew about were, you know, already rumors circulating. It was going to be an interactive episode. It was going to be set in the eighties. Yeah. It had something to do with this Bandersnatch you know, urban myth versus kind of real life game. I don't think they needed to put any money behind this.
0: Oh, I agree. I don't think they needed to put money behind it. I don't necessarily think it was any kind of budgetary uh, constraint or anything. I think that once you've got something as big as Black Mirror, it becomes a self-perpetuating thing. It's mm. like the uh, the snowball going down the sort of avalanche. It's, it's building. So the less you say, and the, the more careful you are with what is said, you just leak a few little tidbits here and there. And... Um, that will self-perpetuate people will get more excited for that people will start researching it people will obviously dissect the trailers to hell now every single frame i Mm. mean you know we looked at it several times before um before the episode slash film launched and we were looking at a lot of things we were reading a lot of things as well where people were like what does this symbol mean what does this mean what does this mean and yeah i mean people kind of in fairness kind of do the marketing for them now you know you've got so many different people and groups um especially as i said something like black mirror which people are following they're looking for connections i mean could you imagine how disappointing it would be if the episode or film or trailer even had launched and there'd been nothing no references it's still a great episode doesn't change or detract anything but it would be a little bit more disappointing so maybe you put those in as a little hook to get people interested
1: but it, but it's also interesting in this kind of day of how I mean, you look at how they market, uh, you know, big blockbuster movies. Mm. You know, they've got the teaser trailer, then they've got the spoiler trailer, then they've got trailer one, two, three, and then they've got final mm. trailer. You know, by the time you, be, you go to see one of the, the big you know, comic book movies, you feel like, oh, my God, I feel like I I've know. seen it. You know, yeah. starving an audience of news about their show is actually quite an 80s thing already because you're taking away the element of speculation of stuff leaking on the internet because there was no internet you know you're not going to get many kind of big movie leaks coming out on cfax in 1984 (laughs) (laughs) but um it's interesting that you starve the audience and it almost makes them want it more or you starve the audience and then they go hunting and they're trying to get to every single tidbit which is kind of very much opposed to the first black mirror that's given us more in one go than we've ever had before Oh, it's been a long day. Sorry if anyone's um, at home wants to know. I've been bandersnatching snatching now for approximately ten hours, <laughs> and you're not bandersnatched snatched out. No, I I am a little bit. You it's, are a little bit. It's it's um a bit like because you know it, it obviously plays with the idea of um paths or timelines. Yeah. That. If you do it for too long, it almost like they all start merging into one.
0: Yeah, it gets quite disorientating, which obviously is how it's partially designed. But obviously, you've been you know, consuming it so much yeah. more than the average.
1: Um, I, I think that by this point, I've probably reached about 14 different variations of the outcomes. Mm. It's And also it, it's remembering, we're not going to sit here and talk about every single timeline because it, all,
0: yeah, it would it be dull.
1: It would be dull and we'll spoil. spoil you're going to get spoiled at least once here. Um, we spoil you here. Main kind of decision moments all start blending into one. So now I've gotten to the point where I'm trying to retrace my steps to rewatch certain outcomes. And I can't do it. Although, uh, amazingly, there is a guy already in less than, I think, six hours. And oh, that. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got to give a little bit of a shout out to a user on Reddit called Alpine. Um, well done, Alpine. Who, by two o'clock this afternoon, had already done um, a diagram, a map, a logic diagram, I suppose. Basically. Um, yeah. Mapping how you move through the different pathways and, yeah. what, and what triggers what, you know. Um, and I was very disappointed to turn out that my choice of sugar puffs or frosties actually had no bearing on the story. Of well, it pops. It pops. It, pop. it pops up. <laughs> do, do you think it's a, it's a successful way to launch an experience like
0: this? Well, the thing about Black Mirror is one thing is they always try and be a little bit different. And as you said, a lot of big budget films release trailer after trailer after trailer. So they've been very clever to go in a different direction and say as little as possible. Like I said, just be very selective about what you release, maybe create a bit of intrigue uh, and the fans will do it for you. Hmm? I thought it was very, very clever. Very well done.
1: Do, do you think doing it in this way, I mean, the only thing in my mind I can think of uh, of, of recent was when Pokemon Go Mm. Launched because there was this wonderful, like, worldwide camaraderie. I felt hugged mm. by other fans. It's like you be you could be walking around, um, you know, outside our offices here in London, and just complete strangers would see that you're playing Pokemon Go and just wander up to you and kind of talk <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. And it was trending all over the place. Uh, but there's not much longevity in yeah. that. And we'll probably talk about how much you want to how much you want to rewatch or replay it later on. But yeah. is that hype going to be any more than 24 hours, or is it?
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean. Can you say any marketing exists uh, more than 24 hours, really? I mean, once trailers, if even for those big films, once their trailers have dropped, like, mm. no one cares. Or once trailer three drops, who cares about trailer two? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think uh, in this case, it, it did what it was supposed to do. It's created enough buzz and hype and intrigue for fans and newcomers. Remember, mm. it's supposed to attract them as well. Um, I think it's. I think it's been very well done. We've talked about that you've <laughs> seen it several times, but the main question is, what did you think of it? Did you enjoy it? Okay, right. Snap, snap verdict. Yes. Yeah. Ag- again,
1: like anything with Black Mirror, you still end up processing. Yeah, so I yeah. reserve the right to change my mind once, I, <laughs> once I've had a good night's sleep. Um, I think it's a great experience. I think it's yeah. one of the few things that Black Mirror would be able to tackle quite confidently. Mm-hmm. I've had a very enjoyable day. Thank God I had the day off. Um, <laughs> is it a good Black Mirror episode? Yeah. Oh, well, see, the, the problem is the experience gets in the way of the plot in my head. So while you're starting out with Stefan played by Finn Whitehead, um, you know, the more I did it and the more I went back over it, it became about the experience and the the way you can maneuver those different journeys Less about him. The first time I played, see, that's the yeah. that's the point. I'm going to keep, play. Going to keep yeah. saying play, um, but the first time I went through it, I was making choices because I'm trying to look after this character, yes. and I didn't want to expose him to some of the weird choices that I was I was given.
0: Plus, you don't know the limitations of the world. Like, sure, you you think well, this choice could lead on to anything, and you yeah. don't realize
1: um, as well as the fact that you know one of the best things about Black Mirror is that gutter punch that you're left with that ending that makes you mm. kind of go oh you know that some of the better stories always have like a, a twist or a turn or it takes it to a new extreme Yeah, and because you're playing with multiple ending and i did that to myself i could have stopped out of one viewing and be done with it mm. um you don't actually get a sense of what stefan's journey is because it, it because it changes one yeah. it's a descent into madness one it's a argument Um, argumentative relationship with his father, Um, sometimes, you know, there's a demon. It's it's hard to maintain any connection or empathy for a main character when you're the one that's screwing up his story.
0: Yes, and his story isn't set in stone. I mean, is his story his story if you're constantly changing it? Certain key elements will always stay the same or within the limitations of the story, but certain parts you're going to be like, well is this really valid anymore? Mm. Like you just, for example, mentioned a demon like, well, is that really part of the story? If you then have to restart it and it's not mentioned ever again and it's not referenced really.
1: Yeah. Or time travel, you know? Yeah. Or time. I mean, yeah,
0: there's a time travel element, but is it time travel as well? Because it's done in a way that's like, he's in bed, he drifts off Mm. blue light everywhere. Like, Oh, Oh, is it time travel? And obviously you are kind of led to believe it is because of the way that ending goes. Yeah. Or is it a dream, and is it the a, a dream of a very disturbed, mentally ill guy? Or- As,
1: so, so this is. I mean, I'm, I'm quite a. I mean, I, I really pay attention to TV that I watch, and. i I adapted quite quickly to the idea that oh you need me to be doing things to progress this Mm. story but the more i was doing it the more i was bumping on the fact uh, bumping's what um joshua of the Western weekly calls it when something drags you out of being swept away with the story so So it uh, breaks your immersion yeah so the first so the first time you have a choice on screen and it's your one of your choices is netflix (laughs) the first thing i did i went Oh, that's tacky.
0: Yeah, I did that.
1: that, that, Do you know, um, Red Dwarf, I don't know if you found when it um, came back for Back Back to Earth Oh, let's not discuss
0: that because I don't think I can talk about it without
1: swearing. The character of Dave Lister kind of goes, oh, they've even named a TV station after me. And you're like, oh, Dave, no, No, don't. That's tacky.
0: But there's so many things wrong with that.
1: But those bump moments are, they're very effective. Mm. Because, you know, suddenly you are making these characters do things that you wouldn't necessarily want to see them do, like chopping up their father, um, <laughs> because all the rules are out now. Yeah. You know, but it does stop you caring about them.
0: Well, you also get trapped with like, okay, am I doing what I'm doing here to to help him? Because obviously you start, you get invested in this character, you want to see everything work out well for him. Or do you start going, well, yeah, but what would be the most entertaining as he discusses mm. with his psychiatrist? You know, it's like, well, with the, with the Netflix... Uh, version like well, what would make this the most entertaining and then you get options that are appropriate to yeah. that so
1: it's a, I just th- I just find sometimes uh, sort of TV shows being too self-aware but, yeah. I, th- but I think it's, it's incredibly by design it's a, it's the same with um. so in uh, theatre which is uh, something I used to love when I was younger um, part of audience theory is how the audience themselves can change a live performance mm. so if you perform for an audience that's not that interested they don't join in. You don't feel like they're receiving you. It can flatten a performance even more. And one of the things I was thinking about today, so the the choice I was talking about, where I was trying to be nice, was um, chop body or bury body. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm a fan of gory TV. I mean, Hannibal is some of the best TV, and it's beautifully done at the same time, high level of gore. But for this character, the first time round, I didn't want to put him to that. Mm. But then the second time, you kind of go, oh, why not? The other thing is how an audience can change it is I, wa- I watched it, my first playthrough, it was on my own. Mm-hmm. Now, had it been released at 8 o'clock in the evening and my housemate was at home, mm-hmm. then we probably would have watched it together. And we may have either put one of us in the steering wheel or the other or chatted in the 10 seconds saying, what do we do? <laughs> but would my natural of instinct or other people's, when they say, chop the body, chop the body, but would you do that if you sat there with your mum? Mm. You know, so audience can change the decisions that they're going through. And then in video games, you've got game theory about how you get people addicted. And uh, you know, Spider-Man Web of Shadows uh, game that came out was a very popular game with multiple endings. But when I played it through, I always picked the worst thing you could do. So it was like I don't save Wolverine; I rip him in half. Now, why is my attitude there different when it's video games versus live action? Mm. I don't know, but it's interesting to play with the idea that my response changes based on who i am what the medium is was it's
0: that freedom to move away from what you do also as you were saying with the game one you know what spider-man would do you know what a canonical ending looks like yeah it saves the day everyone goes home and everything's fine so you'd probably go well let's see spider-man do something messed up and some games some people play rpgs like that it's like well in real life i'm you know, a law-abiding citizen, because I kind of have to be. Mm. Um, sound like a sociopath. So in a game world, you might be horrible. And same goes with watching this. You could watch it and go, well, I would do this, or, you know, in life you have to do this. So let's just take him off the rails. Did you Did you find that you were, it's
1: certainly in your first playthrough, were you making choices that felt natural to you or were yeah. you like going right let's take this to the extreme straight away and no no
0: no first playthrough was all about looking after Stefan was all about I wanted to see his game come out I wanted him to be happy and I wanted him to resolve things uh, however you're broken out of that very quickly because you don't have to necessarily get to a complete end point there's just a few decisions you make that kind of well they do still end the plot but they end it rather abruptly mm. they don't feel like a close so it gives you the choice to go back. It gives you two screens and then you kind of go, well, do I redo the last decision or do I redo a different one? And, um, that cut me out of things a little bit. So I'd go back and it would be a bit jarred and I'd be like, okay, well, I, I still know what I want him to do, but okay, I'm kind of being pushed in this direction. I mean, you're only given two options. So if one didn't work, you can only try the other. Yeah. Or you have to backtrack and, uh, you know, do one choice and then you're, hopefully presented with completely new options.
1: Yeah, I mean, your I mean, if you're looking at kind of decision-making trees, yeah. if they ended up doing option one, two, or three, you're adding a, a, a factor of extra work and extra decision-making process well, and possibilities to it. you
0: are and you aren't, and that's very interesting because Stefan bumps against this later on in, well, in some versions of the events. So he talks about the illusion of choice, and he talks about... Um, he can go back in and he can it's such a big large world it's too much for him to do Mm. if he restricts choice and gives the Option, the illusion that you have more choices than you actually do when actually some just loop back. I mean, it's a trick that games have been using and those choose your own adventure books have been doing for a long time where it's actually mm. certain paths are quite linear or certain things will always lead to something.
1: Yes, uh, I mean, the illusion free world, there's a couple of really good examples that came out of my first play. Um, which was the moment where Stefan is offered the uh, drugs tab by Mm, Colin. Yeah. Now, again, I'm trying to be a...
0: Very Lewis Carroll,
1: by the way. I'm I'm trying to be a pure person as I'm playing through this and look after my little ward. Um, So I said no. And all that happens is Colin then spikes your drink with it anyway. Yeah.
0: So this is the illusion of choice again, because you were still going... uh, Yeah, and there are other choices. Again, I won't go into all the specifics, but mm. your choice can be like, do this or walk away. And really, you don't have that choice especially once uh, Stefan starts to doubt what's going on and worry that he's being controlled, then he shows a little bit more initiative.
1: But then uh, you were talking a little bit earlier about there's not an option there to not make a choice.
0: Well, so here's an interesting thing that I found fascinating about this. Um, Modern games don't do it so much, but older games, especially adventure games, especially certain um, point-and-click games as well, you'd have a choice of, like, do this, do this, and there was always the third choice that no one ever thought of, which is do nothing. Mm. Doing nothing doesn't really work as a choice. Because, it's not very entertaining. Well, it's not very entertaining and the plot doesn't progress. However, if your choice is, you know, kill the person you love or kill yourself or, I don't know, something crazy, you you can always just walk away from it. I mean, that's one interesting thing you could stop playing that is essentially your third choice and while you could stop playing with this the timer the stress factor which is i think was quite ingenious at first i didn't like it and i kind of stand by i don't like timers i don't like being given short windows to analyze things because i always fear that i've picked the wrong choice however it works because Mm. you do go okay well this you know, I often find within the first like couple of seconds I've clicked it, I and mean, then I'm clicking like ten more times because I'm worried that it didn't register my decision. Yeah. Well,
1: the um, other bit, so I was looking up this afternoon. There, there is a, a phrase I learned from a TV show years ago called uh, American Gothic, um, and it was a, one of the taglines was the illusion of free will. Mm. Um, one of the things that threw up today was there was a study at Yale, and I don't know what you're going to say. You know, this, yeah. which, which is essentially that we rewrite our own. Yeah, freedom of will so they did long story short they did an experiment they put (laughs) some people in a room and they got them to pick uh one of five circles that would light up Mm -hmm. and the rule of averages means that everybody should pick you know the one in five should be right and the rest shouldn't what they found was when they didn't monitor the actual experiment and then just ask the people what it was their brains had rewired them to make it feel like they would made the right choice Mm -hmm. so in that in that way the illusion of free will when you're in a controlled environment or a controlled journey doesn't necessarily apply. But it also might explain why my first playthrough is my favorite. And it's the one that I think of as my version of what that episode is. Mm. because Does it feel more canonical? Because I wasn't testing the mechanism yeah. of Band Snatch. Those choices felt more honest to me yet. And, and, and they feel to me like they were the right choices. Everything else since then feels like I'm experimenting. Yeah. But that's my one-two version the first time I experienced it mm. because I've
0: rewritten it in my head already.
1: That was right. That was. That's how it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, that's very interesting because I used to date a, data. <laughs> it's a data psychologist And uh, one of the things they told me one day was that free will is an illusion and it's false. And the thing they said was that often you make a decision. You can even be led to a decision through triggers. I'm sure we've all seen Darren Brown and some of the amazing stuff he does. Um, But you can be led to a decision by someone else. And afterwards, your brain justifies it. So you can be told, red or blue, red or blue, red or blue. And then you pick blue. And then, ah, wrong or something afterwards you will make up a story in your head as to why you chose blue, when really it's it's just sometimes it's what's closer. There's often just very simple reasons, or you've been triggered to, like I've been showing you blue signs all the all day or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like
1: <laughs> subliminal or neuro-linguistic yeah. but programming. You, or... But
0: your brain will go, well, it was blue, because I much preferred the blue thing. I, I felt more, more of a vibe from it. You know, it's mm. very interesting that we basically make split-second decisions. We make them so fast that apparently... You, you don't actually have the time to work these things out. So you make these split-second decisions and then afterwards you justify them.
1: That's how I feel. I feel like I've had 10 hours in the room being manipulated by Darren Brown and I still don't think I've got it right.
0: So, one other thing we need to discuss. The cast, who Ooh. do you think was really good, who gave a standout performance?
1: Ooh, I mean, Finn Whitehead, he, he carries a lot. And, I mean, not only does he perform really well, but, you know, this kind of tense couple of seconds where you're waiting for a decision to take place Yeah, it's like the awkwardness of the duffs at the end of EastEnders it, it actually takes quite a good actor to stand there for like five seconds just conveying something while you're waiting that's
0: got to be hard I mean there are, yeah. there are moments where you do feel it more than others uh, there are moments where there are pauses um, things like the Telltale games struggle with this a little bit as well you know it'll be like go left or right and then there'll be that timing bar same as this and while you're watching it tick down someone will be prompt like yelling at you going no really which way left or right you know um, this didn't make it so obvious but it would cut to Finn looking really distressed and like, and you really kind of felt you know a little bit of tension in those ten seconds. You would feel the ten seconds. There, there, there's some
1: nice. Uh, I mean, uh, going back to the balcony scene with with Colin, while you're waiting for the decision, God, it's like you or me, you or me, and then it still counted down. And it goes. Oh, it's a bit breezy out here, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, you or me, and it's kind yeah. of like, well, all right, they're, they're eking it, so you're not left with that awkward video game hovering. Yeah, I'm waiting
0: for you to make a decision. I'm waiting for a prompt. They they did a few clever things as well. They yeah. they alluded to the danger that was going to happen, and he, but he keeps looking over the edge. Cause like even before he walks into the as he's going up to the flat, he looks over the edge and is mm. freaked out, and it's kind of weird because you're like well you knew you were going up there and like from the bottom it looked all grand and cool and when you first walk in it seems safe but he keeps looking over the edges
1: but it, it's again it's a very uh, technical reason that they do it so it's a 10 second countdown for uh, making your decision yeah. um, unlike video games sometimes when you make a decision it just gets on with it but mm. you could you could you could interrupt someone mid-dialogue and therefore you kind of get quite an unnatural cut. Um, From a technical point of view, Netflix, um, this system that they've got for interactive storytelling, Mm -hmm. um, actually is loading both video options for you to make the transition as... Um, there's a fantastic article I give a shout out to the guys over at Wired they've um, obviously been kind of on oh, yeah. <laughs> on, on, the, on the ground with uh, the people making Bandersnacks and they've got some excellent technical information we'll stick it in the show notes so you can go and have a look it's a great read really fascinating um, and it also talks about how Charlie Brooker had to change the way he wrote it three different times because he couldn't approach <laughs> it normally then it got too big to do via this software and then he ended up using a choose your own adventure style plot line of that
0: well, I think we're both in agreement here that Finn was absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely brilliant.
0: Have to fill those gaps to be so good. I like how he he starts out. He's he's a very jumpy, uh, tense young man. But towards the end, mostly depending on your choices. But even so, he pretty much always gets more and more jumpy, mm. depending on. Well, no, it, it just happens anyway. So you're really watching him degrade. And uh, you were saying something very interesting about the cause of his degradation earlier
1: um well yeah i mean that's the idea that is it an accumulative effect and how often he's going back around the loop so so his
0: playthroughs are damaging him basically
1: yes and and the idea is that uh, with the example so um colin played by will poulter um gets a second introduction to stefan and says do i, do I know you so yeah. is there an idea that these playthroughs are not you as the viewer scope gamer? going back to the last checkpoint and trying again but is he taking this damage with him is he
0: is he bringing something with him yeah yeah because there is a second playthrough quite early on of one of the decisions and yes he goes do i know you and they they both fill in each other's sentences mm. as if well because they now know what the other is going to say but none of them kind of go any further with it and it's like oh he, he knows he's, he's taking something.
1: But if it, if it is cyclical and it's all just starting all over again, mm-hmm. it means that essentially the character of Stefan was never savable in the first place. Oh, well, so, that's a free will thing, right? Well, there, yeah, know? exactly. There, there, there is no, even by Black Mirror standards, there's no happy endings. All we've done is just loaded more and more unhappy endings. So
0: are you saying Finn's fate has been dictated? It's out of his hands?
1: Possibly. <laughs> it's, again, I, I, I went looking... For various different pathways, and and there's one ending that was just a bit, meh. you know, he took his pills, he was good, he didn't murder his dad, or you know, <laughs> get into some kind of uh, Quentin Tarantino fight with his own therapist, um, and it, it skips forward four months, and it's Christmas. And he's just looking in the window at selection
0: of video games and in the credits roll. And So he kind of lives in mediocrity. Like yeah. So the game comes out, nothing. His, a, a, a his, his fate happens. fate sealed by the fact that the, pff,
1: varying degrees of it, but it's all a bit
0: rubbish. You could also argue it links him with the uh, the Netflix uh, ending in the sense that they say that, oh, something entertaining has to happen. And because you said he was good, he doesn't fight more with his dad, he, he takes his pills, he's a good boy. It doesn't show you any of that. It literally cuts to a black screen that says... Because it's not being entertaining. Exactly. Yeah. So that's very interesting. And you've got to argue, if it's cut to a black screen, we're no longer making his decisions. So technically, he's been freed. <laughs> yeah, well, well, so yes. we've stopped doing horrible things to him.
1: Yeah, we, we put him out of his misery and turn, and turn the game off for once.
0: But he's, of course, then led to a life of mediocrity. Mm. So. Um,
1: Craig Parkinson... As the dad. I, I don't know in which pathway we find out his name's called Peter, but that's what...
0: Oh, really? I didn't see. I just... Uh, in my notes, he's dad.
1: Yeah. I mean, Craig Parkinson, I, I, <coughs> I never thought of him as a particularly serious actor, because the first time I came across him was in Channel 4 sitcom Teachers. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, Still he's a little so. bit funny. And then yep. you reminded me earlier on, he actually was one of the original um, social workers in Misfits. Yeah.
0: See, so as soon as he came on screen, I didn't trust him. And, and I couldn't work out why, because he's like, oh, he seems like a really lovely dad, attentive, but his voice is just menacing. I don't like it. And I couldn't think why. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, I looked up and I was like, oh, that's why Misfits. It's just something about his voice. I'm sure mm. there is at least a couple of scenes where he gets really close to some of the main characters and then just like snakily says horrible stuff. to. But them.
1: he's incredibly versatile. I mean, he turns up in uh, the BBC drama Line of Duty. Mm. And that's the first time I saw him. and went, "Whoa, this guy can act!" But he's one of those chameleon actors, yes. which is exactly why you need him in something. Because some of these pathways, he's the sinister observer of the, <laughs> of PAC, yeah. and then the other time, he's a loving father that gets mown down with an ashtray from his own son's hand. Yes. Yeah, and you need an actor that can play
0: play that range.
1: Both. Um, um, it was, <laughs> I was actually very surprised when they announced the cast um, yesterday. He's the kind of actor that you think should have already been in Black Mirror.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he's definitely strong enough to, yeah. to be able to do some of the out-there concepts that they do, and he does fantastically well in this.
1: He's he's also got his own podcast. It's uh, called Two Shot Pod. Um, oh, nice. And it started about a year ago, and he Craig sits down with other actors and just has a chat. It's not even necessarily always structured, but it'll be like, you know, two cups of tea play at Vicky's tell me how you got into acting and oh, then they amazing. they kind of talk about absolutely anything so if you get a chance go and have a listen to that oh, and watch God, I'm going to check that out and watch Line of Duty um, the one that minusly stood out for me and again the things that you would normally say when you're talking about an episode you can't always be sure that's the case right. um, but Kitty ah okay Kitty I, she, she's she got her little nuggets and yeah. she's good in what she does
0: Yeah. but in the pathways I've gone to so far I would like to have seen a bit more of her. I'm sure I saw her on a promotional thing or some sort of material and I was like, oh, is that going to be a a big character because she's so visually striking? Yeah. Um, When really she's more of a set piece to go, oh, look, isn't the 80s weird? (laughs) (laughs) Like that's basically what she's there for.
1: Look at me, I'm Mary the punk from EastEnders. Yeah, it's it's
0: like, (laughs) look at this funny type. She's there literally to ground it in a certain time and to say, you know, that that Colin has a significant other. Mm. There's not much else.
1: Well, for someone to miss Colin is... Again, it depends which part of where you've been down. So yes, true. one of them, she turns up at the office going, where's Colin? And the other one, she turns up at Stefan's door and says, where's Colin? Mm. Um, but yeah, like a bit two-dimensional yeah. for me. And I, I think it would be nice to see a little bit more of yeah, her.
0: That's a sh- yeah, that's a shame because, uh, yeah, I think she could have she definitely pulled more out because in her dramatic moments, she is good. Mm. She's just not given much to work with. What did you think of uh, Will Poulter as Colin?
1: Brilliant. Yeah? Absolutely brilliant. Again... Did you like the voice? Well, I I didn't actually realise he was British. So the first thing... Really? The first thing I saw him in was um, We're the Millers. Uh, Yeah, same.
0: I saw him in that. The the movie, he's got a deep
1: deep South accent and... Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, when he was like... I go, he looks really familiar. What's he he (laughs) been in? Um, And I have to admit, I've only really drunkenly watched one of the Maze Runner's movies. Yes. Um, So it's only... In the last twenty four hours, I realised he was a British actor.
0: Oh, I knew he was a British actor, but uh because he's he does have quite a baby face mm. and stuff. So in this, I was like, oh, he looks like I think even from the promotional material, I was like, oh, he plays a weird Hunter S. Thompson looking guy, and yeah, he kind of plays it a bit like that as well.
1: It's... He he's he's great performing those key scenes. Yeah, you know, like the big exposition, travel through mirrors, here, take this drugs, and then jump off the balcony. Those are great. He,
0: he puts a lot of seeds. He puts yeah. a lot of seeds.
1: He, he doesn't quite work when he's just doing one-liners yeah. at the side of a scene. Uh, another one of the pathways that I went down had um, Mr. Tucker on the phone to Stefan saying, where is, where is it, where is it, where is it? And he hangs up and, you know. And then it cuts Col- Colin, him, Colin just makes, goes... makes a joke while he's sitting on the sofa and it's like, uh, you're a bit wasted doing that. Yeah,
0: I, I had a few scenes something like that where something similar happens and he just goes, well, you know, it takes time. Or he says something, like some throwaway line. Yeah. But it was just to illustrate that he was still alive. I, think. I mean, I mean <laughs> this is... Because after that, so obviously there's the, the LSD path and the, the death path of, of Colin, which is a weird, awesome bit. But if you skip it, Colin's not really much of a plot point. He, no. It's just a, oh, he was interesting, but he just kind of sits in the background. And...
1: But if you skip following Colin, you skip the PAC yes. speech, which the it control, didn't mean... Because
0: it hasn't been laid by Colin. And therefore Colin it's not an it.
1: option that you have later on in the game. Although it is in the book.
0: Is it? Yeah, he, he he opens the book and there is a chapter, I think, called PAC. Um, and then he, so it's one of the things talking about mind control It's so weird because, of course, it's Black Mirror and I yeah. like to layer things. Oh, you know, we're going to be finding up. stuff for a week. Yeah. It, so it comes up several times about mind control and stuff like that.
1: Um, but yeah, no, Will's characters, kind of one liners were just a little bit flat for me. It, it, but when he was the focus, he was strong. Yeah. Yes,
0: I absolutely agree.
1: Um, and again, there's not much comedy in Band Snatch. Although, oh, although there is one line. <laughs> the one that we both love. There is oh, absolutely one line. I mean, Craig Parkinson turning to the screen and with all the seriousness of a dad who thinks what they're doing is of vital
0: importance says, I'm defrosting mints.
1: Oh, his delivery was just, it was an actual belly laugh. That
0: might be my ringtone <laughs> from now on. <laughs> I'm defrosting mints. Oh, love it. I had to rewind it, and my wife thought I'd gone mad. (laughs) Overall, what what did you think? Did you think it was a success? Did you think the episode worked? Not from a mechanic, but plot-wise, do you think it worked? Again, plot-wise, I'm saying is that the story kind of took a back
1: seat to... The mechanic. The mechanic, and some very good performances, and talking about production values as well you know yeah. it's it beautifully shot beautifully directed um
0: attention to detail the adverts the signage that even god the yeah when, world I saw, when i saw
1: a billboard with matey's bubble bath on it so <laughs> it's like that that's my memory from a kid you know all of this was was great um i don't think the story is as important for this
0: right i, I think
1: that's the me, i think the mechanic being so well done makes me more forgiving on the story
0: and my, my second question was, do you think the mechanic works then? Do you think it... it mm. and, and I don't just mean in this episode. I mean in the long term. If this was rolled out into more shows or help... Yeah, like more more shows, like different shows. It, is this going to be the future of
1: how we consume content? Hmm. No. No? No. But it's a brilliant experiment by Netflix. They had, they had to kind of like build a system to get it working. They mm. played with... I think it's Puss in Boots was the children's version yeah. that they did black mirror is their big kind of um flagship for interactivity on netflix um and you know i don't think they should be pumping tons and tons of money because no one's going to sit down and spend 40 hours going to all the variations unless you've got true love. but and i know you're going to like this because i know your particular fandoms it could work as standalone parts of normal Netflix content. So you and I are both Star Trek fans and fans of the new series Discovery that co-airs on Netflix. Every Star Trek series ever always has one episode where something happens, the ship explodes, <laughs> then time rewinds. yeah. And then someone does something slightly different and the day is saved. They did it on Next Generation. They did it on Discovery. Now, imagine if you took that concept and put it in with this interactive element.
0: There's several element. Voyager episodes that follow that as well. Yeah.
1: So, but <laughs> if, you, if you imagine the idea that interactivity as a storytelling... Yeah. For single s F- show. Uh, for F- for F- at all. Episode. So, you, so you've got a story where the ship keeps blowing up mm. and, and literally at the end, when you've exhausted the possibility, it just resets and you get to go back through that episode and make different choices to yeah. see how you go through that's interesting, but as a storytelling mechanic, what would happen if you exhaust all of those possibilities and in true Star Trek fashion, the only way to save your ship was to order somebody to go in and, and you know, forfeit their own lives to save everybody else? Mm. Or what if it's a shuttlecraft craft disaster? and well, actually if you
0: used it to kill off a character or something yeah. like that. And I mean not have them come back when time resets. Can you imagine if your decision actually had weight so the rest of the series kind of continues on but let's say jonathan frakes uh, riker from next gen he's gone Mm. and you feel extra responsible because you killed him in the finale of season six you sent him down that shaft and said you know you've got to press the button so
1: so this is this is essentially another storytelling tool yeah and i think it needs to be used with surgical precision although you know if makers makers of star trek discovery want to uh pill for me for ideas feel free um that's why it's not going to be liberally used in the same way that you know th- proper 3D at the cinema yeah can be great you look at like chon legacy you look at um oh what's it called avatar yeah. um they are great examples
0: so not for things like sex and then, in the city. And then there's so. tons
1: of incredibly bad examples where I'd save the three pounds and not bother. Yeah, This is not going to be... The same as, like, AR and VR. Yeah. This is not going to be a replacement for how we consume entertainment in the yeah, future. Yeah,
0: definitely not a replacement, but a nice extra tool to have but in the arsenal.
1: Yeah, and, you know, again, if you killed off a crew member in your um, series uh, Star Trek, yeah, the emotional punch that you got, like, ah, and I couldn't save them. Uh, or- also
0: the whole thing about choice which we were talking about imagine if so you could of course do the episode without killing off that character but then the episode won't progress so you can't finish the episode (laughs) you know that is a great way because then they have to kill off that person Mm. but anyway
1: the the other thing it plays with is unless like a bad tutor in an adventure book you always end up back at the predetermined ending Mm. is fandoms love canon yes so imagine now if we start saying well Seven of these pathways, and they're all canon, mm. or none are canon. The fact, you oh say, my god, all,
0: I could feel the seizures from here.
1: The, the you know, forums that
0: go absolutely crazy, yeah. they don't
1: like you doing anything too experimental with their favorite franchises, yeah. and now saying, Not you get to kill them off, but um, it's all canon, yeah. <laughs> all, all eight parallel universes well, I was about
0: are... I say, technically, all parallel universes are running parallel. So, yeah, all parallel universes are canon at all times.
1: Uh, we are drifting very much into the uh, madness of Star Trek fandoms. Um, <laughs> talking about the choices. So this is one that we've been talking about in the office today. Netflix is a big company run by data, run by what you watch... Commander when you, Data. <laughs> Sorry. What you watch when you watch it. Yeah. Do you, I mean, obviously they'll be, they'll know which choices are being served and in what numbers, yeah. but do you think they will be looking at that data to figure out how they make more of this entertainment in the future? So they'll be like, oh, okay, this pathway didn't get very much traction, but this one was by far the most popular. 100% and people came they're back. going to be looking at that.
0: Even if it's not, I think they're going to use that information. They're going to find out what people were more compelled to do. They're going to see what users wanted to replay and which just watched it once and found a ha- an ending they were happy with and walked off they'll also use this data to find or to basically build more complicated sort of choose your own adventure stories in the future i, I think there will be more as you said i don't think they're going to become commonplace mm. but i think they will pop up in in certain um appropriate genres i think black mirror was the perfect place for this yeah um and yes there could be a few others that could do this
1: I mean, it, it was it was sink or swim. If you're calling it an experiment, this had to work because the did ex- it
0: sink or did it swim?
1: <laughs> I, I, I definitely think it swam, um, but you think that you know they have to film so much more than a regular TV episode, and that's again why they have to be very careful about when they do it because it must cost more and oh, more time yeah. and more demand on actors so and crews much more and work editors for and content that might not be. I seen I, I, I really want to talk to the person who edited it together because that must have been an
0: absolute oh. nightmare. Yeah, and continuity as well, like. And I'd love to talk about the actors uh, for this, for which scene. So, you're doing a scene, but you've just done a bunch of scenes where you killed dad. In this one, you didn't kill dad. So, you've got to get in the headspace that you're about to kill someone else or, I don't know, do something else. What, how do you get your head straight for that? Like, is the mania part of it? I mean, what do you do?
1: It must be quite a numbing sensation by the end. You're just like, well, I kill him, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm, maybe
0: you just like, oh, I just do what the words on the paper well, tell me to. Well, I, you know,
1: <laughs> there, there are some great performers in this, but not every actor kind of goes all method and takes 20 minutes to get into character with their motivation. You know, sometimes they just stand there and read what they're told to and be like, right, now can you
0: just dial up your, uh, your anger 10%? Keep, keep getting tempted to quote extras, but I won't do it. <laughs> Easter eggs. Did you notice any Easter eggs? Are there any in Bandersnatch? I love your sarcasm. Yes, there were tons. <laughs> yes, there were lots and lots and lots. I'm sure you guys at home uh, saw many of them. Um, we saw a few didn't we? Uh, you found a very interesting one. So tell me about that. Well, one of my my,
1: my, fa- my favorite one was in one of the pathways you come out and they show that that fake tomorrow's world by the way. I absolutely <gasps> Really well done. It. Perfectly um, toned. Again, I'm old enough to remember that people would watch Tomorrow's World. Well. Did you like... ever
0: watch um, Look Around You? A sort no. of spoof parody by David Serafenowitz. It's it's very much in the. It's, it's a whole thing. Okay, about... that's
1: another one for the list because <laughs> we, we don't just talk about Black Mirror. You also tell me what I'm watching next. Um, <laughs> it zooms into modern day, and we're interviewing Pearl Ritman, which is the grown-up daughter of. Colin, Colin yeah. um, and there's a news ticker running across the board. Now, Charlie Brooker is always a fan of news tickers. He's done this in the past as well. But again, mini test for your knowledge here. So item number one, former PM Michael Callow wins Bake Off.
0: <laughs> yeah, reference to the first episode of the uh, Prime Minister and his intimate moment with a pig.
1: And because we're talking about a fictional Prime Minister, we don't have to say
0: allegedly. Uh, <laughs> Granular to unveil prototype pollinator drone. So granular is the uh, memory sort of chip that's stored in the head in the entire history of you. And the pollinator drone, well, that's a reference to the bees.
1: Liam Monroe enters Buckingham Palace.
0: I do not know that one. I, 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 I didn't catch... No, but it. there's there's definitely something to that. Someone at home's probably screaming right now, yeah. going, Oh you idiots, that episode. Uh UK police test ground test groundbreaking memory
1: recall device.
0: So, yep, that's a reference uh to Crocodile. Yep.
1: Uh personal Oh, this is brilliant. Cast of Space Fleet reunite at Emmys.
0: Oh, that is a fantastic cast I mean, that's just reference. That's
1: just like a six. That's almost Galaxy Quest, basically, isn't it? That's a six-word victory lap going, cheers for the awards, pal. Um, (laughs) And the final one, Senate Committee grills Smithereen CEO Billy Bauer over Russian bots.
0: Could be a reference to Metalhead, I think, maybe.
1: I've got an idea that you might think about and then kind of go, ooh. So Charlie Brooker has referenced um, Bantagast. I always keep saying Bantagast (laughs) though. Also, do you know how many times... I keep saying bangarang. I've had to type Bandersnatch today. It is the most awful word to type. Um, Bandersnatch has appeared as small little Easter eggs in previous stories. Yes. What if this is an Easter egg for a future story? (gasps) Well, what if we're not supposed to know what Smithereen CEO Billy Bauer is doing, you know, because they're already still working on... Well, they would have at least had the outline of what series five was going to be, yeah, even when course. they spent the time doing this one. So possibly a a futury No, we'll we'll see. Um and not I mean, yeah, not even East. There was another one I spotted. What's that? What was the name of the counsellor?
0: Well the the psych the soap what? Which counselor?
1: Um his counsellor. Oh,
0: sorry, uh, Doctor Haynes. Yep.
1: But on the door, it's Dr. R. Haynes. So again, the throwback to Black Museum, Rollo Haynes. Do- uh-huh. Dr. <laughs> Dr. R. Haynes. I, did, I
0: didn't notice that. I'm not clever enough for that. I got only the obvious ones, obviously, like the Metalhead poster on the wall in the game, uh, mm-hmm. the nosedive game they play. And of course, my absolute favorite, the white bear symbol that was absolutely everywhere, which also the multiple choice sort of sign or the the logic puzzle thing we were talking about oh that's absolutely fantastic that blew my mind when I saw that and then there's
1: another one again thanks to a user on Reddit who um, managed to a screen grab of you know in the pathways where Stefan's convicted of murder yes Um, and he's scratching things on they have a front page of another newspaper (laughs) Um, and The three kind of nibs down the side are also references to other Black Mirror episodes. So you've got uh, the mini headlines there were the Love Machine, uh, Space Fleet again, and 15 Million Talent Team.
0: Yeah, really brilliant. You've got to wonder
1: whose job it is to just sit down and come up with all these references. How do you you feel? Because up until Black Museum, there was always that ongoing debate between Black Mirror fans of like... Is it all connected? Is it one shared universe? Is it not? And Black Museum, I mean, that could just be Charlie going, eh, today it is, tomorrow it isn't. Yeah. How do you feel about the more obvious references like Metalhead and Nosedive being thrown in there? Do you just kind of go, that's explained. That's, a, that's a nice nod? Or
0: Oh, no. One thing I absolutely, absolutely 100% love about this episode, and it clicked for me when I saw the white bear symbol, is they talk about it. They explain what it is it's parallel universes. Mm. Parallel universes don't necessarily mean, oh, it's like this universe except everyone... Is switched genders or something silly. It can be anything. So, yes, in parallel in um, universe, nosedive isn't, you know, the thing that happens.
1: I mean, I've already got quite a big headache after, <laughs> after today. Are you just telling me that this is not a shared universe? This is a shared multiverse?
0: Basically, yes. Is that your new thing? Yeah, absolutely. 100 100%, 100% that it's just a massive, massive universe. And at least at the moment, it's closed, as in they're not communicating with each other, but they are definitely appearing in each other's worlds, you know. Uh, even if a character may not appear, it will be a reference to them. As we saw, you know, Metalhead becoming a game, Nosedive becoming a game, Callister, well, Space Fleet becoming a show. Mm. You know, these things all will exist in each other's universes. They'll dip in and out, I think. There's, there's, yeah, there's links.
1: We're going to ask, ask Charlie Brooker. I will pin him down. He's not. Pin him down he's and not scream. Give, he's not going to give us an answer. I can tell you that now. There will be no answers to be had. How did you feel when... Stefan starts fighting against your choices. So there's a couple of moments where, like you say, bite your nails or, or, pull, or pull your leg. he fights against. And he doesn't do them. Yeah. But in one of the... I mean, there were so many funny choices as well. At one point, there was like, get rabbit, kill daddy. <laughs> um, but one one of them, had the, I got back to the pathway again, where I had to choose between bury body, chop up body. Mm. And I'd done bury body, so I went chop up body. And in a moment, I, I know he's looking upwards, but he he actually feels like he's talking to me. He, got, he goes... Oh, God, really? It's like he he almost knows the choices are now available, what they are, and mm. that you have picked a grosser one of the two. He's mm. like, oh, God, really?
0: But he knows he's going to have to do it as well. Like, mm. you know, he, well, what's interesting is you know he can fight it. He can stop it, but he doesn't because he does it with the hand and he does it with the you know pull earlobe thing. So he could have not done it. That's interesting. The problem with this character, uh, if you give Stefan two choices, any two choices, he seems to be compelled to uh, obey one of them. So I could go, you know, give me a Mars bar or give me two Mars bars. And instead of doing what most people in the office do and tell me to jog on, he uh, he would have to give me a Mars bar or two.
1: like <laughs> them. Good news for a fan of chocolate bars in fictional worlds <laughs> everywhere. Um, we're going to start wrapping up. Uh, any niggles? Anything that you bumped on? Anything that you didn't? like about it
0: once like you once i'd done the first playthrough or the first couple of playthroughs maybe i started to feel a like it was messing with me B like there was he, i was never going to get the outcome i wanted because it's black mirror and of course they do tend to lean towards a more bleak ending um and and the time for decisions like towards the beginning and the middle they felt very long and there seemed because there's less tension the poor guy's got to fill that 10 seconds with something and it just felt a bit awkward at times. Whereas later on when the tensions are high and you know, you need those 10 seconds to breathe. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's my biggest problem. Uh, I wish some more characters had been utilized. I I wish there was more Colin. He was fantastic. I also wish there were more options, which sounds crazy, but I feel sorry that they put so much work in and there is so many choices, but because i'm used to video games you know this number of decisions would not fly you'd need so many more or a lot more illusion of choice you know i'd need i'd need so many more endings and another thing actually and i think this speaks to me as a gamer that while watching it no matter what ending i got i felt incomplete you know there's Mm. there's there are endings that felt more canon canonized to me But generally, even if I got an ending that was good or bad or whatever, I wanted, like, no, that's not the end. I need to watch another one now. Oh, I need to do another. I need to basically see all the choices. And I think even then I won't ever be happy.
1: Yeah. When I said any niggles, I meant, like, you know, any small bits that got you. So my example of this is how I watch TV. So, (laughs) well, I'm I'm a child of the 80s. Um, The videotape that Colin sometimes gives Stefan and sometimes doesn't, the cover says L250, implying it's a videotape with 250 minutes runtime. Mm. But as anybody who grew up in the 80s <laughs> knows, they only ever came in 180 or 240. So where's the attention to detail there?
0: That seems like something that would have to be deliberate. Um,
1: yes. And, and the, the other bit, so again, I used to have a spectrum. I used to code on the spectrum. Um, and every time he he was trying to launch Bandersnatch, anything that had the code up on the screen, yeah. it was essentially he's trying to load a complete program at one point with only 500 lines of code. And with 10 digits in between them. Pro- programmers you sleeve, leave, they say, like, line 500, line 510, line 520. Mm-hmm. Because if they made a mistake or they needed to go in and insert something, they gave themselves, like, a breathing space of nine. So, essentially, he's trying to lo- launch a complete video game with about 50 to 100 lines of code. That's not true, Spectrum. That's, that's not Spectrum. That's not enough. No.
0: I mean, only turbo nerds like you would pick up on that.
1: Nah, you had to be there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, what else have we got I can tell you what was going on in
1: 1984 if you like 1984 trivia fans it was actually uh, the year of the release of both Tetris and Miss Pac-Man oh wow Miss, Miss, Miss Patman. Um, we did the uh, conversion today, so we wanted to find out in all of the Tomorrow's World clips where it says a band of snacks is available for £6.95. In that real seems t- cheap to me. In real-time terms, in 2018 money, that is and £21.71. pence. That's
0: really good. Which is incredibly cheap for, for game. modern games. Modern games, well, they're about 50 quid now.
1: Yes, but then they're worked on by these ginormous teams of people with yeah. great resources to have to make a better return on the money. Mm. Whereas, you know, 80s Spectrum games would be... Being turned one. out by one or two well, people and therefore the return well in one of the pathways that's what ruins the game
0: yeah. because he
1: agreed to work with them
0: yes yeah so it, he, they say and they oh t- it was designed by committee and just yeah like... so
1: t- tomorrow's tomorrow's world um guy <laughs> well no the geek he's actually called robin
0: oh yeah he's he he,
1: he wow. does have a he does detail. have a name and the woman's called leslie um In that pathway, he's like, going, yeah, well, you know, it's because it was designed by committee and it just doesn't feel like it's very... So it's a a bit of a a slap down to modern gaming saying, Mm. where's the one person's vision rather than like the eight teams that uh, Tucker's kind of installing, like one for gameplay, one for sound, one for graphics. It's like, it's a game designed by committee, so it's not one person's vision
0: so charlie brooker obviously used to work for pc zone and used to write like reviews for Mm. games and the language that that guy uses is very modern game reviewer i also review games and you quite commonly have to use terms like that so oh yeah it's got a steep learning curve so you will die a lot or you know there there are loads of like lines you end up using like you do say things are designed by committee or it felt like they could have gone further and it's just weird the language he's using because it you know (laughs) wasn't around in 84 unfortunately but i don't think reviews would have that kind of depth because games weren't as complex then mm. so i don't think you could have said all those things he said you know he was really over like doing it but again it's it's a callback it's a reference to you know like modern reviewing and, and charlie Brooke used to do that and
1: and, yeah. and nostalgia for the tomorrow's world Absolutely, kind of, yeah. Yeah. the the robin character having stitches in the pathway where stefan decides to jump from the balcony and then they kind of they do the obligatory tomorrow's world thing, and it okay, just yeah, kind of rambling. It just round rambled, rambled when Robin kind of went. It was very violent and depressing and weird and not fun. He just kept like <laughs> reeling yeah. off, it. Yeah. and eventually he just cut to black. It was like he could still be there, kind of going and
0: maudlin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this one. So, what is the story behind the story? So, what is this episode's point what what a particular piece of modern day tech is being uh, explained or exploited or taken to the extreme in you, this episode this is a bit different because obviously it's not a, a future or some sort of retro future
1: well you and i are going to disagree about this because there's always something that's being exaggerated in black mirror yes what do you think is being exaggerated here
0: so i think this is all about the adventure games and the choose-your-own, you know, mm. it's, it's all about decision-making, illusion of choice, fate, whatever you want to call it. So it's it's all about the, the puzzle book and then the early games, because this, this wouldn't work as a modern... I, wouldn't, I don't want to 100% say it wouldn't work as a modern game. It'd be harder to do. Where it's very of that era, those type of games, you know.
1: I think the thing that's being taken to the exaggerated level is us. But we're always on the outside of Black Mirror and we're always looking in. And then... Here, yes, there's huge adventure going throughout uh, Bandersnatch. But here, for the first time, we're the kind of bad guys that we sneer at in a Black Mirror episode. So you look at all the people who were fervently enjoying the Prime Minister's having to yeah. romance the swine. Um, <laughs> or, if, or if you look at all the lucky loose with their mobile phone in White Bear, and part of you feels like a better human being because at least you haven't descended to... What that portrayal is of, of a human being. Now we are the ones doing it.
0: I disagree. See, I always felt that the people with the phones in White Bear and the uh, the people watching the Prime Minister we we are those people. They are the mirror for us. I never felt I was better than them. I was like, oh yeah, that's us in the story. Yeah, but I've I've always been able to kind of go you know that's a damning indictment on society
1: yeah you, you think that oh that's the extreme But it doesn't apply to me Oh no I you know 100% and I've just spent does. 10 hours chopping bodies burying bodies <laughs> punching counsellors, and and I it's not my choice because I don't have the choice to not do it Yeah but I feel this time round the the play is on us as yeah. the people doing this not Oh, didn't Charlie Brooker write a bleak script? And...
0: <laughs> no, I think, it's, I think it's 100% about choice, uh, whether that choice is your own personal choice, the illusion of choice, you tricking yourself into thinking you have a choice, and, of course, adventure books and early adventure one games. Of th-
1: one of thing the things that I mentioned earlier on was the difference between choose your own adventure, because this isn't quite it, and you have mm, to be very yes. honest with yourself when, you're, oh, when yeah. you're doing it. When you do choose your own adventure, you normally just keep one finger on the old page as you turn to the new page and if you've made a bad decision yeah. you're just going to go oh I'll go backwards and actually the same with video games it's very common that a lot of people just before embarking on a big decision might just save the game at that point really? so is it's that can, that what people do so they can the look of innocence on your face is yes. not being believed by anybody no, it's, so yeah Whereas are so, save scumming which is yeah. where
0: people save often and load until they get the outcome they want so I could maybe open a chest and let's say the contents mm. is randomised uh, you're always going to get something good but it's randomised so you open it and you go oh I've got I've got the sword of a thousand editors so but ne- but i'm gonna load and
1: open it again netflix doesn't let you go back it doesn't no. let you cheat it doesn't let you save load when you, say you it can not let you go back you well do you, you have can some you can back. rewind to the beginning of that sequence like there go are, back by 10 seconds back points. by seconds
0: and there are uh, a finite number of them as well
1: yes but essentially you can't play both sides of a decision you can't kind of go oh that was a bit bad and then go backwards mm. You, your choice is to carry on with the decisions that you made, or go back and start again. And it's quite a long process going back, and starting again.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you, you don't really feel that uh, going back and starting again is a viable option, um, just
1: because. It Wait till you've sense. done it as many times as I've done it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've done it a lot, but nowhere near as much as you have today. There's um uh, another. There's so many brilliant people on Reddit.
1: You've been absolutely lovely today. Uh, there is a user called Snickerdoodle F. Um, who thinks of have uncovered an Easter egg. I've not been able to verify it, and I don't know if you have either. Right. In one of the pathways, possibly maybe your only first pathway and mm-hmm. it never happens again, a kind of trolling after the credits, and it appears to be a sound file that is reminiscent of a ZX Spectrum loading. Now... The user very kindly put it up on the internet. I am going to convert it and put it into an emulator and see what it is. I suspect I know what it is. But have you ever heard the sound of a ZX
0: Spectrum loading before? Not since I was very young.
1: So I suspect what will happen is you put it into a ZX Spectrum emulator, and I think it will be the title loading screen of Band Snacks that you keep seeing. on
0: Wouldn't it be crazy if it errors as well? Oh, but in a that- very specific way that his errors because the colours go negative mm. and then it cuts
1: i just I, I mean all of all of that every time the computer crashed i literally got these kind of flashback moments of my childhood because the zx spectrum would not load properly half the time where mm. you'd sit there for five minutes loading a game and it would just reset itself
0: yeah i mean i remember having to type in code and stuff and from magazines and from tapes and i remember if it went wrong it was such a long-winded process to uh to get it to start again. I remember it being infuriating. My God, you guys think you have it hard today with your download going wrong and you having to start your game again. Oh my God, try typing in code. Oh, and I only did it like twice. What was your favorite moment in the entire event? And you can't say I'm making this. Well, mints.
1: okay, so my, my first path it's still going to be my favourite because it's, it's a great experience. Um, but I literally got up. I mean, I was lying in bed watching it. And then I kind of got up and sat on the edge of my bed. The moment the fight between the Dr. Haynes mm. and Stefan started, because I was kind of, it got so self-referential at that point, yeah. was is going, do you think you're being entertaining? And then I chose the option, boop, yeah. And <laughs> this big fight broke out. And I was kind of going, well, if you're going to steer into breaking the ninth wall, this is actually quite a fun way to do it. Yeah. Um, as well as that was my first ending. So I, I guess doing that for the first time yeah, that's uh, cool. was was pretty cool. I, I've enjoyed the the build-up to it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I set my alarm specifically for 7.30, got up, had some breakfast, and he was going kind to of like sat there pressing refresh, refresh. It's the event of it mm-hmm. has been quite enjoyable. What about you?
0: My absolute favourite bit, slash least favourite bit as well, is the LSD scene. So he goes to Colin's flat, uh, meets Kitty, meets Pearl, and... Uh, so it's when they start taking the drugs. So they
1: can we can we talk about Colin's eyes just for a brief detour? Well,
0: yeah, that's the, that's after he's uh smoked some of the naughty substances. Um, because again, I had to double check. I, I there's, uh, there's a couple of people whose party tricks
1: is that they, they can make their, their eyeballs eyes. bulge. So, literally, I mean, we were on the phone this afternoon, and he started laughing and saying, Do you think that, that the actor will do you think that's his party trick? And they just kind of went, Yes, put it in. You went, and it's clearly CGI. I was like, you sure?
0: <laughs> it is very unnerving. But that whole sequence, I think, is so Black Mirror and it's so masterfully done. Tension is being built. As I said before, like, he keeps looking outside and you don't know why he's just mm. like freaked out by the heights which he's never been like there's no reference to that earlier on there's no reason for him to be scared but he is and then they take the drugs trippy things start happening and at first i thought oh, okay here we go typical drug taking scene it's all going to be weird camera angles and weird lights very fear and loathing and yes there is a little bit of that but there are so many clever scenes where you know obviously he's on a psychedelic so he walks up to a painting on the wall and starts washing it and mm. moving it there are bits where he's just doing weird things with his hands and electricity's kind Out, and none of it's like they don't make a huge point of it, it's just something he's doing. While Colin's ranting, and even Colin's rants are the typical kind of paranoid, delusional, drug schizophrenic, you know, rubbish that you hear, or I I hear that you hear, from uh, people who... That kind
1: of crazy 4am talk that people do, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, and, and it just builds and builds, and the tension's building, and the whole time he's smiling, he seems to be having a good time, but you feel uneasy, and you're like, no, something's happening. I know not to trust Black Mirror. I know Charlie's leading me somewhere. Oh, we're on the balcony now. I don't like this. There's a lot of foreshadowing. What's even worse? What was the worst thing you can do to Stefan? You give him a binary choice. You go, well, you jump or I jump. And I was like, no, don't do this, dude. I looked for a back button. I looked <laughs> for a, oh, can we not just enjoy the party button? But no, no. Uh, and the first time I, I jumped myself. And of course, that's an ending. Um but then I felt so awful by going.
1: No, you do it. As it, I was my my first run through. No, Colin went over. Oh no! Because 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 I I have a duty of care to Stefan. He's my way into the story. Oh and no! Look after well, it. I
0: was hoping that Stefan would jump, but he wouldn't die, and something weird would happen, or maybe he'd be very lucky, and he'd be like, oh, maybe there is something to what Colin's saying, and we go further down the rabbit hole. But no, 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 no. It's horrible and it's not like one of those moments in TV or films where, you know, it cuts away and you hear the sound or it cuts to black. Nope. You see him hit, what was it, I can't remember if it's a car or a garage or something, but he, he hits something hard. And it's I, like, oh, oh, and there's blood, and oh, I, that looks real.
1: I want to walk to that um, pathway. So, uh, I've recently got loaned an Oculus Go, so like um, <laughs> oh uh, a oh my god a, a VR um, helmet. You he watched like, this episode in VR? No, 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 I haven't done that yet. No, no, I'm saying saying that for that particular choice, where you choose Stefan to go, that whooshing scene oh, is god yeah. would make you feel quite queasy if you're looking on a virtual 80 foot screen.
0: Yeah, like, Whoa, no, don't like it. Oh, I don't know if this next bit is. Uh, it would be good for broadcast, but there's a thing that's a weird thing that if I'm ever on a very tall building or a train platform something, it's called intrusive thoughts. It's where you look over and your brain goes, what would happen if I jumped? And I have no urge uh, to off myself, and I'm sure many people don't. But a lot of people have it where you just look and your brain goes, but what would it feel like? Mm. And that's what that bit was like. And it made me feel very sick, like him, the whoosh of him going down, because that's how I've imagined it. And like, obviously, then there's the impact and there's no shy away from it. So it was like, oh, God, I don't. it made me feel very, very...
1: See, do you know Do you know what I do? Very unknown. I don't go up tall things and I don't stand near the edge. That's how I stay, <laughs> stay young and thin.
0: In my younger days, <laughs> I used to break into and climb and fall off things quite often, actually. So, yeah... Uh, I claim that it wasn't my decision, that some overlord was giving me uh, options that I had to follow. Cool. Well, (laughs) you're the host, so I'm going to excuse myself. Do you want to do your wrap-up? Thank you very much for joining us, Daniel. Uh, We've had some great discussions on Bandersnatch today. Um, Come back and join us soon when we'll be talking about Season 5. As soon as that's launched, we're also going to try and arrange a few... Chats with the cast and crew of Bandersnatch. Uh, keep and peeled for that. However, in the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and subscribe. Uh, also, check out our previous episodes where we discuss uh, seasons one to four. You can also contact us on Twitter at, at Black Mirror, C-R-R-R. That's Black Mirror, Cur. And on Facebook, there is a Black Mirror Cracked group there as well.
1: Now, in one of my pathways, I don't know if this has happened for you, they actually signed off with the words, Tatty Bye.
0: No, we're not doing that. I thought that could be our new tradition. No, 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 no. Black Mirror cracked. We'll be right back.